Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. So right now I want you to give it up, come on, for my longtime friend and one of the overseers here at Celebration, Pastor John Siebling. Come on, come on, we just wanna welcome him. We're so glad he's here. All right, thank you guys. Come on, give somebody a high five while you're on your way down to your seats. So glad to be here. Huge shout out to all the other locations, all connected together, those that are watching online. Come on, how about if we all put our hands together, thank God that we're one church, many locations. Welcome everybody. It is a great honor to be here. I love Pastor Stovall and Carrie so much. Life long friends, dear friends from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, go Tigers. All roads lead through Louisiana, you know that, right? And uh, have known these guys for years. I have the honor of being the first guest speaker at Celebration Church back at Jacksonville Country Day School. Anybody know about that? Come on. I'm talking about back in the day back in the day and so been here from the beginning. I've been here before all y'all were here. And uh, I've watched this church uh, grow, do amazing things and uh, love Pastor Stovall and Carrie so much and Leslie is here. We're, we're together, get to travel together this weekend. A real honor for us to be here. Love you guys. Love Celebration Church so much. How many of you thankful for a great church and thankful for your pastors and thankful you get to be a part of a church that's moving and growing and and uh, so, hello from Memphis, Tennessee. Anybody been to Memphis? Let me see, uh, let me see your hands. All right, come on down in the, uh, what we call the Dirty South. And uh, um, we started our church 23 years ago. We were in Nairobi, Kenya for three years, as Pastor Stovall mentioned, as missionaries there started our church. I got a picture of our family, uh, little greetings from our family, from my family to your family. Uh, there's less in me. We, we uh, celebrated this year 29 years of marriage. How about that? 29 years. And uh, those are our four children right there. Our, um, our daughter all the way to the left is in her senior year of college. Anna doing fantastic. All the way to the right is our son, Mark, who is a senior in high school. Come on, I got a, an 18-year-old son at home. Uh, y'all stretch your hands toward me now and pray for me and trying to figure out what he's going to do in life. He's a great kid. And then our, our other two children right in the middle there, there's Lucky, uh, the puppy. He's brown and he is a Labradoodle. Everybody know what a Labradoodle is? Of course you do. Everybody knows what a Labradoodle is. Uh, they're, they're, it's like the dog world now has gone crazy. There's all these hybrids now, you know, the, the Labradoodle. Lucky is a puppy and he failed uh, therapy school. My wife really wants him to be a therapy dog. And, uh, but I, I told her it's okay. He's my therapy dog. I need therapy. And so uh, he's young, you know, he's got a, he'll get another chance. And then, and then Pepper, everybody see Pepper kind of almost hidden there in the black Pepper. Pepper is a schnoodle. Can you say that 10 times as fast as you can? Schnoodle, another hybrid. She is a schnauzer poodle mix. And so uh, life is fun around the Siebling house that's for sure. So let's get our Bibles out, everybody, and turn over to two passages of Scripture 
two passages of scripture. Uh, turn to Genesis. Here's what I want you to do. We're going to go Old Testament scripture, New Testament scripture. Uh, the Bible says, by the mouth of two or three witnesses, it shall be established. It's always nice when we can do an Old Testament and a New Testament together. So turn to Genesis 4. Hold your place there. Flip forward to Matthew chapter 23. Genesis 4. Hold your place there. I'm going to start in Matthew chapter 23, verse 23. These are words in red. This is Jesus speaking. Jesus had trouble with no one on earth when he was here except the Pharisees, except the religious people. They were the only ones who gave him trouble. And so this is a strong verse, a rebuke really to the religious leaders. He says, what sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. Watch this right here. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. Everybody see it? Now look at Genesis 4. Then we're going to pray together and go into the message. Genesis 4 Interesting story, Cain and Abel. Abel kept flocks. He was a shepherd. Cain was a farmer. He worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, watch this, fat portions from some of the, notice this word right here, from some of the firstborn of the flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. And the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. The title of my message this weekend is Out of Order. Out of Order. Everybody say, Out of Order. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Our, our heart is like the soil and we've worshiped and we've prayed and we've been ministered to. Our soil is ready to receive the seed of the word of God. And I pray, Father God, as the seed goes forth and is cast into the soil of our heart, let it bear fruit today and tomorrow and next week and beyond in our lives. We thank you for your word in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Out of order, out of order. Last year, uh, we had this amazing opportunity, my family and I, my wife and our kids, to uh, travel back to Kenya, back to Nairobi, Kenya, where we served as missionaries. It was going to be uh, the first time that we all were all four together in in Kenya, and we were really excited about the opportunity. We were going to go on safari, but we were also going to go to church and do a conference and uh, take our kids and show them where we lived when we were we were missionaries. And so, uh, you know, it takes a, it takes a, a couple of days to get there. So we're you know we're traveling and we're coming into Nairobi. When you fly into Nairobi, into that international uh, into that international airport, you're, you're flying in at eleven o'clock, eleven thirty, midnight. It's late. You've been traveling all day. We were exhausted. Coming into, you know, coming into the, the, you know, sort of the landing and, and, and the stewardesses are passing out the immigration forms. I had this thought, just this thought in my mind of, I don't think I got a visa. You know, when you travel internationally, you go to different countries, you have to get a visa for that country. Uh, and it's sort of like the, the um, you know, the approval process, the license to come into the country. And, 
and then they stamp it and then you're, you know, you're legit. And I thought, I don't think I got it. And they're just, and I just had this hope in my mind that somehow they had changed the law and that you didn't need a visa any longer to go into the country. Um, and so, but my hopes were dashed as I came around the corner of the immigration and I saw the, the, you know, the counter and, and, uh, there was a, there was a line and it said visas, you know? And so, uh, I was like, oh my gosh, rookie mistake. What have I done? I got my kids. It's like, uh, so I'm just praying. And, um, I, you know, I told Leslie, I, it, it's all going to work out somehow. Um, we get up to the counter, you know, my kids are there, we're, you know, give the four passports to the guy behind the counter He's flipping through the pages. He says, where, where are your visas? I, I, I said, I don't have any. <laughs> I, f- I forgot, you know. And he's like, uh, okay, well, you can buy four visas, but you need, uh, you need a $50 bill for each visa, four $50 bills. I'm like, who carries around $50 bills? I said, I don't have four $50 bills. I don't have it. He said, uh, he said there's an ATM machine right around the corner. Can you believe they got an ATM machine in the immigration just for people like me? Okay, so, um, so I walk around the corner. I tell Leslie, hold on, I'm, I, this is gonna work out. I'm gonna go get the cash. It'll all, uh, so I go to the ATM machine. I walk, up to the, I, walk up, I walk up to the ATM machine. What do you think it says? Out of order. So now I'm starting to get, all right, now I'm starting to get a little nervous. Uh, Kenya is a crazy place. Nairobi is a wild place. And here I am, I brought my family all the way across the, the world and I have no visa. And about this time, this guy's walking by, he's got one of those vests, you know, one of those, uh, you know, bright airport worker vests. And I said, my friend, my friend, I, I, I've got to, somehow I've got to get some money for, for, for this visa, for my visa. And this ATM is out of order. He said, come. In Kenya, you never do this, by the way. And, uh, you know, so you do this. He said, come. So I'm like, oh, God, I have a friend. This is an angel. So I'm following this guy. We go down this dark hallway around this, you know, uh, uh, around this corridor and down these stairs. And before I know it, we walk outside of the airport. I'm like, oh, my gosh. This is crazy. My wife and kids are up in immigration. I'm outside the airport without a passport. I'm outside. All right, there's like thousands of people. It's midnight, everybody's waiting. It's chaos, it's Africa, it's nuts. And he, he, he brings me around to this other ATM machine. I'm like, oh, thank goodness. I walk up to that ATM machine. What do you think it says? Oh, now I'm panicking. I'm outside the airport. I have no passport. My family's on the inside. Oh, gosh. So I said, this one's out of order too. He said, one more. It's like, God, please, I'm praying, man. I'm praying in the spirit. I'm like, God, please, if that thing's out of order to make it work right now in Jesus' name. And so we come around and thank God that one worked. And I, I think I got like $10,000 out. I was so, I, was, I got as much as I could. I'm stuffing my pockets with Kenya shillings. There was no, I couldn't get U.S. dollars. So, so I, I told him, I said, now I've only got shillings. I got to get these dollars. He said, let's go around. So we we're, make a long story short, had to go to another place, exchange those shillings for $50 bills, go back to immigration. Uh, uh, the moral of the story is you need a visa if you're going to Kenya. You need a visa if you're going to Kenya. And we made it and thank God um, we, you know, everything worked out, but I, I thought it was interesting. And I, I thought about that a lot, you know, the, that we use that phrase out of order Isn't an interesting out of order. Why, why don't we just say broke, you know, broken, not working, you know, have you ever had to use a, the restroom and you, 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 you're like, you, you go to the restroom and there's a sign on the outside of the restroom that says 
out of order. The, the reality is, you know, with, with that ATM machine, the, the reason we use that phrase out of order, it's, it's because there's something on the inside of that machine that there's something that, that, that starts first when, when, when something else should be starting first. And there's something that, that instead of happening second is happening fifth and everything is, is, is all out of order. And it's keeping this machine from functioning the way it should function. And the same is true for you and me. Listen, it's so important. We were created by God and we were created in his image and we function best when we function according to God's design. And God has placed things in our life to function in a certain way. And when they're functioning that way, then we're walking in the divine order and the divine plan and the divine favor of God. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 33, that God is a God of order. And when I'm following his order, then my life functions as God intended it to function. And sometimes we think and we look at our life and maybe it's our marriage or maybe it's something to do with our job or family or finances. Sometimes we think we've got to make these massive changes in our life in order to really, you know, have success, in order to really walk in God's best for our life. But the truth is, instead of just massive changes, really, most of the time, all we need to do is rearrange and reorder some things in our life that have gotten out of order. And there's so many different, listen to me, there's so many different order decisions or order choices in the Bible. So many different choices that we need to make when it comes to ordering things, uh, getting things in the right order. And I want to talk about one that will absolutely change your life. And I've, I've put, this, put this phrase that kind of sort of describes the choice that I want to talk about. And I'm putting it kind of sort of in, in first person. This is something you need to say, something I need to say. I'm going to choose to honor God by tithing my income. This is a choice in Scripture that is such a powerful choice. I'm going to choose to honor God by tithing my income. Yes, this is a financial message. But before you tune me out, hear me out. Before you get defensive, which happens to a lot of us when we come into church and we hear messages on finances or messages on money, before you tune me out or get defensive, hear me out because it's a very simple message that I I know will absolutely change your life. The truth is we're living in a time in our society, in our culture, where stress and anxiety is at an all-time high. So many people are stressed out and fearful and worried. And what you may not know is the number one worry for the average American is money. I did a study about five years ago studied about worry. I was going to do a series. I'm going to do a teaching series in our church all about worry. And as I got into it, I realized that the number one cause of worry, and it's not even close, the number one cause of worry is money. The American Psychological Association, read some of the studies and read some of the stats, the, the, the fear that people have about finding. 80% of Americans worry about money all the time. And as I've studied it, it doesn't matter whether they're believers or not. It's eight out of 10. Do you know the leading cause of divorce in the United States is, is money stress and, and money problems? 
About 80% of Americans are living from paycheck to paycheck. There is an epidemic. There's a crisis. It's a crisis of fear. It's a crisis of worry. And, and, and it all centers around finances. And so I took that study that I was doing about worry and I shifted it. And I began to look at what the Bible says about money. Over 800 verses in the Bible about money and money management. There's more in the Bible about money than about heaven, than about hell. There's more in the Bible about money than about prayer. It's all over the word of God. I feel like it's there because God knew that this would be a problem. This would be a stronghold in our life. And I, I studied those verses. I looked up every one of those 800 verses and I realized that all of those verses really fall into one of three main or what I call sort of mega principles in God's word about money. And actually that, that, that study turned into a book and I've written a simple little book called Worry-Free Finances. And I just want to talk about that first principle. It's number one in scripture. It's first in order. It's first in priority. It's the principle of tithing. And I love to talk about tithing because I have found that a lot of Christians have really no idea what it means and the impact that it can have on their life. A lot of people have been told you need to tithe, but a lot of people hadn't been taught what God's word says about tithing. So I want to break it down, make it real simple. And the first thing is just to define what tithing is. Tithe the word tithe means tenth, it means tenth. And so tithing is very simple. It's the giving of the first 10% of my income to God through my local church. So, so it belongs to God. We'll talk about this in just a moment. It belongs to God. It's his. And the way I bring it to God is I bring it to the church that I'm planted in, the place that I call home spiritually, the house of God. The principle of, of tithing. It's first mentioned in Genesis, all the way back in Genesis chapter 14. Genesis, the book of beginnings, so many of the, so many of the thread of scripture and the principles of, 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 of scripture and God's kingdom are found in Genesis. It means beginnings. It's found all the way in Genesis 14. Abram, before he was Abraham, brought a tithe to, 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 to the Lord. That, that word is mentioned, Genesis 14, 450 years before the law of Moses. We find it again in the book of Genesis with Jacob. And Jacob uh, brings a tithe. It's the first time the word tithe is associated with God's house is in the book of Genesis. And it's threaded. It's threaded all the way out uh, uh, through, the, through the major prophets and the minor prophets all the way through scripture, threaded all the way into the New Testament in Matthew 23, verse 23, where Jesus said you ought to tithe. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that tithing is mentioned in every era of God's dealing with mankind. It's not an Old Testament principle. It's not a New Testament principle. It's a Bible principle. It's found all over the word of God. And I wanna bring you to probably the most prevalent passage on tithing in the Bible, Malachi chapter three. And you may have read it before. It's a very simple passage, but it describes the process of tithing so that you and I can see the impact and the, and the benefit of it. And by the way, what's amazing to me is when it comes to reordering and reprioritizing, it's sometimes so simple. It's just a matter of taking the promises of God and making them a priority in our life. See, the truth is a lot of us claim the word of God over our life and we, 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 we sort of stand on the promises of God and then we don't do, we don't do our part. So God promises, but you read the promises of God and very often there's an if, if you will, then I will. 
God says, if you'll do this, then I'll do that. And, and, and often we're, we're, we're claiming those promises, but we're not doing the, the, our part. It's very important that we follow through with what we're supposed to do because then we begin to see the impact of what God will do. And we see it real clear in this passage. I, the Lord, here's the Lord speaking through the prophet Malachi. I, the Lord, do not change. Come on, how many of you are thankful that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever? He says it right here. And he said, so, so I don't change, so you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you've turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Watch this. There is a, there's a propensity in our life as human beings to drift away from the plan of God. It's very easy for our soul to drift and for us to get distracted. And, and, and the Lord says, I, I, I don't change, but you change. You, you, you drift away from me. And so he said, come back. He said, return to me. Return to me and I will return to you. Notice that, return to me and I will return to you. Who takes the first step? We do. We're the ones that have drifted. And so the Lord says, I'm here. I've always been here. Just come back. Come back to me and I'll come back to you. But you ask, how are we to return? And then he asks a series of rhetorical questions. Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. This is the hardest part of the passage right here. You are under a curse. Now the word curse there means limitation. Limitation. Here's what the Lord's saying. The Lord's saying, you may see some success, but there's a limit. You're limited. There's a ceiling. You ever felt that way before? You're working so hard. And you're doing what you, you, you feel like you know to do, but you just feel like you're not getting ahead, you know? Every, every other day or so, I get on the treadmill. I hate that thing. Just being honest. And it's a lot of, listen to me, it's a lot of activity and it's a lot of motion, but there's no movement. I'm not going anywhere. Just here I am. You know, and that's, and that's the case for a lot of us. You know, we're on a treadmill, we're working, there's a lot of movement, and, but it doesn't seem like we're moving, we're not getting anywhere. See, that's a curse. That's what a curse is. He said, you're limited because you're robbing me. Here's the solution. Thank God for solutions. Bring the whole tithe, all 10%. Bring it into the storehouse. Another name for the church in the Old Testament. Bring it into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. So there's the purpose of tithing. And then God says this, test me in this. This is the only time in scripture, by the way, that the Lord said to test him, to try him. It's like God saying, you've tried everything else. Why don't you try me? Test my promises. Test my ability to provide for you. He said, hey, test me and, and, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Isn't that amazing? Do you know the average American spends $150 a month on a storage unit? So I think that's the fulfillment of this right here. You have so much, you don't even have room for it. And you gotta store it in a storage unit. Five thoughts about tithing, real simple. I want you to write this down. Real simple. Tithing, number one, is giving back to God what already belongs to him. Newsflash. If you're a Christian, your whole life has been redeemed by Christ. When he gave his life on the cross, 
and his blood was shed to purchase your freedom. How many of you know your life is not your own? It belongs to him. That's what the Bible says. So he, he redeemed all of you, including your money. It's like the guy that was getting water baptized. He said, hold on a second. He took his wallet out and he went under the water, but he held his wallet above the water. You, know? you ever heard about that guy? <clears throat> How many of you know it doesn't work? It does work because your whole life has been redeemed. Your whole life belongs to Jesus. And the Bible says that first 10% of your income as a Christian, it has God's name on it. it. Belongs to him. In fact, the Bible says it's sacred, it's holy, it's powerful. So think about, think about this, um, you know, and, 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 and this is a tough thing to think about or a tough thing to say, but think about if that belongs to God and yet you're not bringing it to him, that's why the Lord says you're taking, you're taking what belongs to God and you're using it on yourself. That's why there's a limitation. Really hard to think about really praying and, and believing God for his blessing over our life, but not doing what he's asked us to do. It's real simple. It's a return. It's an action of return. You're bringing back to God what belongs to him. Here's number two. Your tithe <clears throat> enables your church to thrive. So the reality is you came into this church and you know, you're, you're, you're sitting in a seat and there's air conditioning, thank God for that. And you know, there's diapers in the nursery and people are there serving and changing and you're getting coffee and all the things that you, you, you're participating in the life of this, of this uh, organism, this organization called the church. And in order for this organization to function, um, here's what God said. I'm, I'm, I'm asking everybody, you bring your tithe, you bring your tithe, you bring your tithe. We all bring it together. And it provides food in the house of God. So my house may have food, substance. And, um, and, and, and more than just the tangible things, here, here's what I want you to think about. More than just the tangible things, really what that food that, 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 that God's talking about in Malachi represents, it, it represents the spiritual food that's here. It represents the, the energy of the Holy Spirit. It represents the, the, the bite of God and the presence of God and the edge of the, of the Holy Spirit. It, it represents a, an, an altar call where people come down and there's the presence of God and there's healing and there's ministry. And you guys follow what I'm saying? It's a, it's a place for marriages to come and they can be restored and we can hear the word of God and, and, and our lives can be built up. Come on, is anybody thankful for the house of God and thankful for the church? So, our tithe is spiritual, it's holy, it enables our church to thrive. And, and don't you love your church? Don't you want it to thrive? Don't you want your church to be strong? And, and you know, the church is God's idea. It's not, it's not man's idea. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. Well, don't you think if it's God's idea, he wants it blessed, he wants it strong, he wants it thriving. Come on, a city on a hill, the light of the world, he wants it up front and center and, and magnificent and powerful and making a difference. That's the church. And so we all collectively, we bring our tithe and it brings strength. Number three, your tithe, here's the, here's the other side of the coin. Your tithe has the favor of God on it for your life. So, so watch this. God put this, he put this process into place so that your tithe strengthens your church, but inherent within the principle of tithing and within your tithe is a blessing that returns back to you and blesses your life. God said, I'm gonna make sure that as you give and what would be considered sacrificial giving, I'm gonna make sure that yes, it's a sacrifice, but you'll be so blessed, 
You won't miss the 10%. In fact, there will be overabundance. There will be an open heaven over your life and so much blessing poured out. See, God put this principle, it's a spiritual principle. It doesn't make sense to the logical mind when you think, well, how, how, I'm, I'm, I'm having a difficult time now. Now you're saying I've got to remove a, a 10% factor and out of my income and, and bring, how, how, it doesn't make sense. It's the God factor. But if you will rearrange and reprioritize and put God first, God says, I'm going to open the windows of heaven over your life. Now, here's a challenge. Why don't you stop and think about this? When you walk out today and you get in your car, you look up in heaven, you're not going to see any windows in heaven. Okay, but don't be, don't be foolish and think they don't exist just because you can't see them. See, we walk by faith and not by sight. And there's an unseen world you don't see. And there are windows over your life, over your family, over your marriage, over your career, And watch this, according to scripture, the key that opens and unlocks those windows is your tithe. And God says, as you tithe, you unlock those windows of heaven. And he says, he throws open the windows of heaven. I I love the drama here. It's like God doesn't just open, he throws open the windows of heaven over your life so that his favor can begin to fall on your life. It's so amazing. Here's number four, tithing is an act of faith and commitment. I want you to think about this. Let me get a little practical right here. When I get paid, when I receive income, and I I wake up in the morning and I see that it's in my account, the first thing I do is I get online and it's amazing now because of all the digital platforms, you can, you can give online. It's very powerful. Of course, you can give in church and give in services, but it's, it's a very powerful thing. So much is done now digitally and online, and I'm sure most of you pay your bills online, and, and that's, how you, you, you know, that's how, how you function. Well, I, that's what I do. The first thing, I, okay, it's in my account. I want, the, I want the first 10% out of my account and into, into God's account. The first thing I do is I get online and I, I transfer, I give to my church the first 10%. If I get $1,000, I'm gonna make sure that $100 is out of my account into, into the hands of God because I don't want it. It's, it in my account, it's hurting me. <laughs> I want it out of my account because when it's out of my account, it's helping me. And so, so watch this, you know, Here's what you kind of do, you know, you get online and you give and I give that tithe and I'm like, I'm doing it, Lord. I pray a little prayer. God, I'm following your your scriptures. I'm following your plan. I'm putting you first. You're first in my life. And I thank you for opening the windows of heaven and pouring. I don't know how you're going to bless me, but I know you're going to bless me. See, watch this. Before you clap, listen, it's, it's an act of faith and it brings faith into my heart. Faith rises every, every time I tithe, I feel the faith of, you know, an expectancy of God for the future. But, but watch this. It's also a commitment because are there going to be times you don't feel it? Yes. Just like when I climb down the stairs to get on that treadmill, I never feel it. I never say I'm going to work out. Me personally, it's an act of commitment. And when you tithe, it's not just a sense of faith, 
But it's also commitment because maybe you're not going to feel faith in a moment, but you're going to still do it because it's not based on how you feel. It's based on what God's word says. So, so the commitment part is, 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 is so important. And I find with a lot of believers, this is the part that's lacking. The faith is there, but there's a, it's just, it's inconsistent. And, and so really the most important thing you can do is, is be consistent and stay faithful and keep honoring God. Every time I teach on tithing, I always say this because it's real helpful to think about. There are, always, there are always three groups of people, three different groups of people. You can find yourself in one of these groups. First group are those of you that are tithing. You're tithing and, and I just want to encourage you, keep tithing. Keep, keep going with it. The, the reality is there are a lot of things in your life that did not happen because you're a tither. Because we didn't even get into that passage in Malachi where it says that the Lord's going to rebuke the devourer, where he's going to hold, listen to me, he's going to hold back devastation in your life because you're a tither. Keep reading in Malachi, it's right there. So keep going, keep honoring God. Hey, stay with it. You know, less than I, 29 years, we were both tithers before that. I've probably been tithing 31 or 32 years and I am, I am, I am fully convinced that there are things that have never happened to us because we've been tithers. I'm fully convinced that the peace we have in our heart is because we've been faithful and consistent in tithing. Here's the second group. Second group, you're hearing about tithing for the first time. And you're like, whoa, this is, what is this? But you know what? The Bible says when, when the word of God is taught, faith rises. And so some of you who are hearing it for the first time, here's what some of you are saying. You're saying, this is right. I knew. I knew there was something. You're connecting the dots in your mind now, and now you realize this is whole, this is all a part of God's plan. And so let me encourage you, start tithing. Be a tither. Make that commitment today. The third group. This is the group that's most uncomfortable today. It's it's those of you that know this is God, this is God's plan, this is God's prescription, and you used to tithe, but you've fallen off of that commitment. And I, I just want to encourage you today. Get back on the path and just begin honoring God today. There's no condemnation. There's, there's no shame. We all make mistakes. We all, the Bible says we all stumble and fall. Let's get back up and let's get back on the path. You don't have to pay it all back. I, I meet people who have these crazy ideas. You know, and I know there's some scriptures in the Old Testament. But listen, don't, 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 don't worry about paying it all back. Start today and go forward today with this plan of honoring God. Now, I want to just throw out a little thought because I know in our church and in this church as well, there are a lot of people and you're here today and you're struggling financially and you're thinking there is no way I could begin. You don't have the faith. There's no way I could begin to, to give God 10%. Okay, but watch this. You can do something. You can do something because tithing is three things. Real, Real simple. I want you to think about this. Tithing, number one, is honoring God. And look, you wouldn't be here, church, today if you didn't have a heart to honor God. You wouldn't be in this service. So you you got this great heart. You want to honor God. You want to please God. You're in church, right? Number two, it's an amount, 10%. That's what the Bible says. That's God's prescribed amount. And then number three, it's frequency, meaning every time you get paid. Every time you get paid. So watch this. Let's, let's, Let's figure this out. We want to honor God. We're going to get paid and we're, we're going to be consistent with it. Maybe, 
when it comes to the amount, 10%, maybe we have to start at 3%, 1%, 5%, and work our way up to 10%. Because listen, listen, God will meet you right where you are. And he will take you by the hand and he'll move you forward in your life. But listen to me, you've got to do something. There's no way you can claim the scripture of God's blessing in your life and then you do nothing. There's no way you can think that that's a formula for any sort of favor and success. It's crazy the thoughts that we have. And many of us are standing, I'm standing on God's word and I'm believing God's going to move in my finances. And then you, 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 you don't honor God at all with anything. That's not the answer. So, so real quick, here's, here's some, some real quick action steps. Here's step one. I'm going to honor God with my income starting today. That's a great step. I'm going to honor God with my income starting today. Everybody say today. Don't start thinking crazy like, well, when 2020 comes along, January 2020. <laughs> hey, listen, you're not promised tomorrow. Today is the day of salvation. This is the day the Lord has made. Everybody say today. Step two, I'm gonna start with a specific amount. Okay, I'm gonna go pray about this. I'm gonna get with my, my, my if I'm married, I'm getting with my spouse. I'm gonna pray about this. I'm, I'm gonna start with something. And I'm gonna work my way up. Because God's prescribed amount is 10%. I'm, I'm on a path toward that. But I'm starting somewhere. Gotta start with something. And then, and then step three, here's the key, everybody. I'm gonna do it consistently. I'm, 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 gonna, I'm gonna start today, but I'm gonna, a year from now, I'm still gonna be doing it. And a, year, and a year from then, I'm still gonna be doing it so that I'm building, I'm building some consistency in my life because consistency yields change. And you want change and you want God to move your finances forward. You gotta start here, but you keep going. Okay, now, I told you I was gonna give you five things about tithing. Here's the fifth one. Tithing is not a money issue. It's a trust issue. It's a trust issue. And I know some of y'all are like, oh, no, but it's a money issue. <laughs> okay, you're right. But at its core, it's about trust. So much of Scripture is about, are we going to trust God and His plan? So, so here's what's crazy. Here's what's crazy. As Christians, we trust God with our soul, like our eternal future. But then we think we can't trust him with our money. And so here's a question. Here's a question for you. I want you to think about this question today, tonight, tomorrow, next few days. If you're, if you're not tithing, if you're not going to honor God with your finances, here's, 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 my, here's my question then. Who are you trusting with your future? Like, are you trusting your, your employer? Are you trusting the economy, the government? Are you, are you trusting your spouse? Let me just submit to you today. There's only one worthy of our trust. His name is Jesus. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the Lord that doesn't change. Put your trust in him and watch what God will do. Come on, do you receive that today? Can we thank God for his word, everybody? Let me pray for you. 
you just bow your heads and close your eyes. Father, I thank you for this great church. Thank you for Stovall and Carrie and their family and the team here. Father God, I speak a blessing over this house, this church, Celebration Church. I thank you that the best days are ahead. And I pray for every person, every family, every person represented uh, in this service and at the other locations and even those watching online. I pray a blessing financially over every person. And I pray, Father God, that we would honor you and do our part. And that as we do our part, you'll do your part and you'll bless our lives in such a big way. I pray, Father God, this would be a turning point for many, many people as they begin to honor you do it consistently. They'll watch you begin to move in their life in a fresh way. I pray fresh wind blowing into our lives in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. God bless you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.